<laughs> Welcome to the other side of Grace Podcast. We are on episode ten. I've just been informed, and I didn't ten. think we'd get it past five. I didn't and think we'd get past two, buddy. And ten is special because that was my T-ball number and my soccer number, and it was a good birthday. Ten. Amen. I'm so glad ten was a good birthday for you. And then five was awful. My mom. This is off topic, but. <laughs> My mom came to my preschool, and for some reason, I was mad that she came. I was like upset. I started, I started crying on my birthday. But ten was it was crazy because I woke up in the morning at five, when I turned five, I was like, "Yes, it's my birthday," and it would be like the worst birthday. And it was it was weird spiritual warfare probably. I am Cole. This is Anna and Matthew and David, and we are going to be talking about what is purity of the heart, a meditation on Matthew five eight. Would you like to read that wonderful verse? I would absolutely love to. It is a very long and intricate verse, Matthew 5, 8. This might be the longest ever. It's not even the full verse, actually. It's just a portion of the verse. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Wow. Guys, it's time for first sips, the time of the program where we take sips um, obnoxiously loud and then discuss what this blog is actually about. Three, three, one. <sighs> yeah, that's still hot. I put whole milk in it and it doesn't taste very good. I didn't cough this time. My taste good. You didn't. I didn't die. I'm proud of you. I know, right? I'm, I'm very the normal human. Yeah. You should show the camera your butterfly earring. Anyways. <laughs> Gosh. I got it for her. Meditation on purity. <laughs> Sorry. I have attention deficit disorder. But Jesus still loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Speaking of which. This blog has yeah. a lot to do with love. Mm. Oddly enough. Oddly enough. So it is about what is purity of heart? Well, Purity of heart, first and foremost, is about freedom. Our freedom to choose to love Christ over things of this world. And that love um, really allows us to um, become more and more like Christ because it's really Christ's love that is filling us. And uh, we take a look at um, uh, King David, how in Acts, Uh, It said that King David had a heart after God's own heart. And I really think that's because at the core, um, David, you know, he messed up a lot. But when all things were said and done, when he was confronted with his sin, his his conscience really kicked in and he very quickly repented, confessed and submitted to God. And that um, that I think is what God found to be a heart after his own heart. This love for God that really, even though he messed up, the love that he had for God superseded everything else. He didn't let pride get in the way. Instead, he he said, God, I love you. Forgive me. I want to worship you. I want to honor you. Um, so at the heart of this devotion um, is really the idea that fr- freedom allows us to choose to love God. And the more we choose to love God, the more... Uh, we 
are free. Have a heart mm-hmm. to chase after God. And are free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you guys have each had a chance to read the meditation. So uh, why don't we go into first thoughts and impressions? Um, should we just go down the table? Start not with you. Yeah. Not me. Start with you. Not me. Start with not you. Okay, Anna, you want to start? Sure. Okay. So, down the table, yeah. <laughs> Literally, straight down, down, down the table. Pass. Um, <laughs> well, first, I kind of, once I read the meditation, I kind of summarized it as what you were saying, purity is freely choosing love, freely choosing to love God. And then I thought, okay, so that means that purity is not being forced to, like, trying to be self-righteous, trying to be perfect, not sinning, striving, basically. Um, And I thought, like, how that leads to legalism and just that's not what God calls us to. And he doesn't want us to use our own strength and try to pick up our own pieces and fix ourselves. He wants us to come as we are and to just have a heart for him and to love him. So, yeah, that's what I thought. Cool. Yeah, I think... Something. So are we going back down the table? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Why don't you give your first thoughts now? I'm just responding to you. Oh, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> I think a lot of people have a misconception about purity where they're like, I need to, this is basically jumping off of what she's saying. I need to, it's an action. It's mm-hmm. not doing bad as being pure. Well, in that case, none of us could be pure because we all do bad because we're not God. Right. And, um, so I think one of the biggest takeaways for someone who is maybe newer to Christianity, newer to understanding God, is from an outside view of the church, it's like, oh, purity is not like, oh, I can't have, for example, sexual purity is a division of purity, but that's not obviously the main point. But it's, oh, I can't do what I want to do, you know? And... um but I think basically purity is not equal to striving, which is what she said. And I think I just want to highlight that. And I think when you purity is loving God, genuinely saying, I, it's, it's a form of surrender. God, I see that you're God. And what you have for me, what you want for me is better than what I have for me and what I want for me. So you take control and in doing that, he gives us new desires to be sexually pure, to, to obey him because he gives us new eyes and it's not striving. It's literally your desire. It's not saying I'm not going to do my desire. I'm not going to follow my desires. No, it's saying I have new desires Yeah, from God, not from my flesh. I love that, that not yeah. striving. And I think that's something I want to dive into in, in a little bit. Um, but why don't we go ahead and get uh, Cole's first impressions? Uh, I'll keep mine pretty brief. Okay. Uh, the entire uh, blog kind of talks about purity is love. Love gets its power from Jesus. Um, Jesus, you know, you know uh, purity is love. Love is in the blood. The blood is from Jesus. Jesus gets his power from God because he is God. And we are able to be pure through the power of the Holy Spirit, who's also God. Just try to sum it up in the best way possible. Cool. Do you have more first thoughts? 
No. Very cool. Very cool. We get to move on to the meat. The meat. We need sorry, a section. Sorry if you're vegetarian. <laughs> you want to close your ears. I'm sorry if you're still on the milk, according to Paul. <clears throat> I apologize. What does no, that mean? but no. No, no the Paul said that it's okay for people to be yeah. on milk. But there's okay. a point you need there's to move, point you need to move over, over to eat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think yeah. we should have a new section in our podcast called Ooh. The Meat. And okay. next we bring out the steak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. steak so not just <laughs> not just the coffee, but we're gonna get super broken <laughs> fast. This is gonna be an issue, guys. Welcome to the last episode of the Yourself Podcast. Oh my gosh. Ice cream? Okay. It's like final thoughts. Yeah, final thoughts. Final That's thoughts. Fine. I like this. We, we, we just sit and it's whole I like this. Okay, so um, <laughs> I looked at the light. <laughs> So let's dive into this idea of not striving, okay? Um, I really like what you said there, uh, Matthew, and I like, I think it, it relates to kind of what I open up with in the devotion. Um, so pure, the book definition of purity is freedom from adulteration or contamination. Um, so the key word here being freedom. Uh, and it says... Uh, notice the definition did not say the absence of or rejection of or protection from. Yeah. Rather, it said it's freedom. Um, so with the idea of it not being the definition, not being the absence of it. Um, striving oftentimes um, is that idea that we want to strive to eliminate this from our life. Right. Especially you were talking about sexual purity. We want to strive to eliminate things that do not honor God sexually from our life. That's a great thing to do, but that's not what purity of heart is really about. You guys want to jump in and, and uh, add some thoughts to that? Um, I would like to do that. <laughs> I'm so glad. I, I think it's easy to be. You know, okay, absence, it's not absence, not rejection, it's mm -hmm. it's freedom. So what is freedom? What is freedom? In this context. A con yeah. Yeah. Uh are you asking me or is anybody that an open question? I have Can no idea what is question? what is freedom? What is freedom? what is freedom in this context? Are we done? <laughs> what, what, what is freedom? Join, join us next time as we answer that question. Well, I think there's like the first part where you're talking about freedom. We have the choice mm -hmm. to love God. We can, you know, basically free will. But then yeah. there's also freedom yeah. from, you know, we're no longer bound to our sins. Freedom from that. Not because we don't do it. Not because we've been made perfect, but because Jesus provided a way for us to be. Yeah. All right. And I, I think it's hard to cut you off. I'm done. <laughs> um, I, God just freedom from adulteration or contamination. So that is implying that adulteration and contamination is, is bondage. It's something that has a hold on you. Yes. And for example, you have like a dirty water bottle with mildew in it. And um, that's kind of what we are when we're in our flesh. When Adam sinned, we're just, we have dirt, right? Mm -hmm. And um, 
we need we need someone to put Dawn on the dirt and scrub it and and then boom, you know, wash it out with some water and then and then the water bottle is clean. And Don't pure. forget the brownie towels. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the water, so purity, it's also could be set, like a synonym to clean. And um, that dawn is the blood of Jesus. Yeah. And we can't, as, as water bottles, water bottles can't clean themselves. That's true. You know, we're just dirty water bottles. And we need God to pour the blood of Jesus on us and scrub us a little bit and clean us out. It's, it's being not dirty. And, yeah. but, it's you can't just take off the adult you can't just wipe off the adulteration like god has to do it right. and i think that's that's something we're going to re- probably repeat a lot but yeah. it's something that needs to be emphasized because the problem with the american church is that we keep trying to wipe it off and we're not we're not able to yeah mm-hmm. i think something good to add is a uh, simply following jesus is not enough for a pure heart and that's uh, what i kind of mean by that is a uh, God, once we accept that Jesus is Lord and we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we're covered by the blood, we are fundamentally changed and clean inside. But what makes us dirty and what keeps us from having that pure heart of David is that we still choose to have the sin in our life. We still choose to have the mold in our water bottle to mm-hmm. keep this in, yeah, keep that kind of going. And the way that we choose yeah. to have that is by not letting God exactly. come in. Yeah. We, we don't want the blood to clean because the mold or the right. filth is our safe place. It's where we feel comfortable. It's, uh, it, dawns can sometimes hurt whenever it gets inside of something deep or something uh, cracked because it, it's purifying. Mm-hmm. It removes oil. It, 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 it cleans. Yeah. So, it, well, if you think about it, there's, there's, there's two kind of analogies we can think about it. One, um, when you're you have an infection you know the easiest way to cure an infection is to to sear to burn the the infection um that hurts that is a painful process Um, but that is sometimes what god has to do to purify us to remove the infection from us Uh, the other the flip side of that is that we love the things that we're in bondage to so they're comfortable, they're familiar, they're safe, they're um, enticing, pleasurable sometimes. Yeah. Um, and so it's easy for us, even though, you know, like you think of a, a cage. Well, Jesus has unlocked that cage and opened that door. It's our job to come out of that cage. But because we've gotten so comfortable in that cage and it's familiar, something we love, we tend to go right back in there. Mm-hmm. When the door's wide open, we can leave whenever we want, but we're comfortable in our little corner in this cage. Um, So there's kind of the the two two mentalities, which I think you hit on, Cole, is um, allowing God to purify us is a painful process sometimes, whereas it's sometimes a lot easier to remain in comfort and with the familiar. Yeah. Um, Which I think, you know, kind of leads to... You know the the idea of why why is freedom important for for purity? Um, ultimately, you know how I would answer that is because freedom allows us to love what we choose to love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So 
we are free to remain in that cage and love our sin, love our bondage, yeah. or we're free to come out of that cage and love Christ yeah. and let him sear the infections that yeah. we, we have. And I, I think it's easy to be like, well, I obviously don't love my sin. I love, I obviously don't like love to turn away from God. Even as you're saying that, I'm thinking that, I'm thinking like, like, well, I'm pure in heart because, you know, I, I don't love my, my sin, obviously, because it's sin, it's gross. And saying that is prideful and it's sin. And in reality, like something that has God has convicted me is that I, I think I know everything. I think I know more than you, you, and you. And I have a hard time listening to people and learning because I don't have anything to learn. I know everything. And um and I and that's something that is a good feeling to me. It makes me feel powerful. It makes me feel above you. But the result of that is an idiot. It's just foolishness. Yeah. yeah. It's the result of that is saying God, I don't want your Holy Spirit to speak to me. I would rather I would rather, you know, speak out of my own empty brain. Um yeah. Yeah. And I think God is gracious in that he slowly sometimes not slowly, but he maybe gives puts us in situations or puts people in our life to help us realize that weakness or help us realize that um you know, that's where we struggle. That's where sin that we need to repent from. Um, but he shows us that with grace. And then we're like, oh, thank you, God, for showing me this weakness. Because, you know, in the um, in my weakness, I'm strong because God is my strength. It's not mm-hmm. my strength. Yeah. 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 Um, Michael made a quote Thursday during group. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of stuck with me. But uh, the reason why freedom is important is because unlike any other religion in the world, Christianity is not a religion. It's mm-hmm. a friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We get to choose to love God. We get to choose to love the purity that he brings us, which is why uh, love can be so powerful. Love is something that we're all capable of, but true love isn't something we're capable of without Jesus. It's not something we can grasp or understand. Mm-hmm. It's that friendship of Jesus that is able to kind of bring us to purity mm-hmm. it's the desire to want to be close to jesus to to jesus to have that closeness with them mm-hmm. it's the freedom to turn away from our old loves and our exes or sin if you will to go to what we have been longing for this entire time mm-hmm. yeah that's good um so i feel like a really good follow-up for this is the question i had um, how does bondage to our sin or, you know, it really bondage to anything. It can be pride. It can be selfishness. It can be our past hurts, our failures, yeah. um, you know, the, our addictions. Um, but how does bondage keep us from being able to love? Um, I think one way is that, for example, with like broken relationships, like codependency, I think a lot of people, a lot of young women, like my age, high schoolers, and we just, a lot of people struggle with, seeking out love in other people and trying to fill that void, that God-shaped hole that no one can fill except for him. And so 
obviously this, those aren't perfect relationships. It's not perfect love. And so every time it doesn't work out or whatever, we get more broken, our trust becomes smaller and we start seeing God maybe with that limited human vision. We're like, you know, it's, it's just a skewed vision of yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's blinding. Mm-hmm. That's what. Yeah. It, with your cage that you, you're uh, talking about earlier, it's um, we sometimes blindfold ourselves and we want to hear God's voice and follow him. But because mm-hmm. the door is wide open, all we have to do is listen for his voice to be like, turn around. I'm right over here. Right. But we put on the blindfold because God's standing at the door. We, if we took out the blindfold, we could see him standing there. But we choose to listen, and if we listen, we sometimes let a foothold for Satan to come in. Mm-hmm. And that's whenever we start getting confused, because mm-hmm. we start listening to our flesh, and our flesh will lead us back into our cage, because we step further, the ground gets a little shaky, we get uncomfortable, we run back to what is comfortable for us. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I, I had to repent of this Friday night at CR. Um because honestly, last last week I was really struggling because I was fighting the lies that the devil was telling me. Um, and so, you know, some of these lies was, you know, one, you know, like kind of going back to what you said about trust and relationships. Mm-hmm. I've had so many broken relationships that it's not that I don't trust people, it's that I have, I'm having trouble trusting God with my relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, some of those relationships being even the ones with my kids, like, will I ever get to have a relationship with them again? Um, and then, you know, so there's a lot of, a lot of lies I was listening to and entertaining, not because I wanted to, mm-hmm. but because the devil was just pushing them down my throat. Um, and, one of the things that I had to repent of too in trusting God was uh, just the way um, I had been treated by um, uh, my ex-wife. And part of me wants justice. I want her to feel what she's put me through. Um, and so I was praying in the car and I just got so aggravated during my prayer that I just screamed out, God, justice. And as soon as I said that, he said, no, mercy and grace. And of course, he didn't say it like that. He said it in this weird, like, rebuking, but super reaffirming and calming and gentle way, like only God can do. (laughs) And I just broke down in tears because, you know, like, that's, that's right. Like, God is more concerned with my character and my heart and my ability to love like he loves, then he is about justice. Right. Um, And he is a God of mercy and grace. Look at all the mercy and grace God has poured out on me. You know, if I had gotten justice, I would be in terrible places right now. (laughs) Um, But, um, you know, that's just some of the, the... things that I wrestled with this week. And, and so, you know, Friday night, I just had to repent because I've been listening to those lies and I had been retreating into this cage of familiar comfortableness, which oddly enough, you know, when, when rejection is a big thing you, you struggle with and it's a trigger for you, you, you run back to that cage where you feel rejected all the time. 
And it's not comfortable. It's not even a nice place to be, but it's still, it's familiar. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know if this, I think this somehow relates to purity, but something that you said, like, I feel like the Lord spoke to me. It's, um, it's okay to wrestle with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, like Jacob did. <laughs> it, I encourage it because yeah. every time you wrestle with God, you never win. God wins. Yeah. And um, I came to work one morning and I was just like questioning everything. And my mind was going crazy because I'm weak. And, you know, we our purity does not come from us. Right. And a part of wrestling with God is saying, God, I desire you. I desire you, but I don't understand you. And like, what are you doing? Help me understand. And then... I don't know, every time I've wrestled with God, um, even out of just my pride, saying, God, I want to be in charge. I want to be God. And God's like, yeah, you don't want to do that. And yeah, I don't know how that relates. It, it, I think it relates to purity in that when you, when you wrestle with God, um, I mean, you're talking to him, you're praying and you're challenging him. And, you know, when you challenge God, he will, he will win. He, yeah. he, he won't back down and he will win and he will, he will purify your heart mm-hmm. and right. he will, he will tell you, look, I am good. And I'm going to help you understand that I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't, you can't understand that. You can't understand my goodness, right. you know? So when you try to understand it on your own, you're like, God, I don't understand because <laughs> you can't. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to make this super brief because I know we need to go to a shortcut to kind yeah. of reset everything. Sponsor but... break. Sponsor break. <laughs> yeah. We like saying Like what better. you were saying, uh, wrestling with God is not disobedience. Not it is understanding. We sometimes wrestle God not in defiance of him, but for understanding. It's like, I don't understand why you want me to do this. God, help me understand. I am pushing against this because I don't get it. I don't have your mind. I don't have your wisdom. I don't under I don't get why this is a step for me. I don't get the power of your glory through this at all. Mm-hmm. I can't see the other side. Help me walk with you. Help me push back the enemy in every uh, in every circumstance coming up it's like it's not disobedience sometimes it can be sometimes wrestling with god and defiance of him can happen but most of the time you're just doing it for understanding it's not bad to question or to wrestle with god for us to understand his wisdom better because in those uh, situations that we fight him we start to learn a bit more we start to understand why God does things that he does a bit more. Not fully, but we don't question him as much during situations like that again. It's like, okay, I am familiar. I know what to do. You told me this, I'll go do it. It's like, it's simple things kind of like that. It's weird because it's like, it's prideful yet it's humble at the same yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like it's prideful because you're questioning God, but then at the same time, it's humble because you're saying, God, 
like there's so many people in the American Christian church that just know everything like me. <laughs> and um yeah, and so they, smart up here, but they have exactly. nothing here. And, yeah. and no matter, they just block out their feelings. You're like, I know God is good. God, I know you're good. You don't need to show me that you're good because I know it. Yeah. And then there's no breakthrough. But when you say, yeah. God, you don't seem good to me. I don't understand you. Every single time I've done that, every time I've been like, God, why? He's like, he slaps me in the face. And it's the best thing ever. He slaps me in the face by God. To be humbled I, by God is I beauty. agree, actually. It's a very Being cool slapped in the face. In the face. It can only say that after you've been slapped in the face. <laughs> yeah, it hurts. It, it usually feel. hurts like yeah, it hurts a but, whole lot. Um, but. Purity starts with pain. I wrote this down and I didn't know what I was gonna say, but because you're saying it hurts. Yeah. Purity starts with pain, but results in real joy. It mm-hmm. leads to surrender to God, which leads to the fruit of the spirit. Impurity starts with comfort, but the result is emptiness. It's not even like depression or like any any thing. It's just emptiness. Yeah. Sorry, I'm tired. I think that's a good place to stop. That's a good place to stop. So we are going to take a short sponsor break. We will see you sooner than you'd like. (laughs) Spidey man. Okay, guys. Welcome back to our podcast. I hope you enjoyed that incredible break. I know we certainly did. Shall we do another obnoxious sip before we get into the, the dessert? No, no, we're not at the dessert. We're in the middle. We're in the meat. We're in the, we're in the potatoes. We are in the potatoes. We're in the yeah. We finished the, the meat. gravy. No, we didn't finish the meat. We're no gravy. In we're still in the meat. Yeah, I don't know. Are we? No. Um, Let's sit. I don't know. Let's we're, we're in the debate. <laughs> so, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> in Acts chapter thirteen, verse twenty-two. We read about um, how King David was considered to have a heart after God's own heart. Um, And this is one of the reasons why God loved David so much. Um, So the simple question is, what does it mean to have a heart after God's own heart? That's a tough question. Uh, I don't want to go first. To desire God above everything. I think to want to have full communion with him and just be in his presence. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those are right. Um, I know growing up when, when I asked this question to my parents, they would say, well, David was quick to recognize his sin. Um, in the sense he didn't, he didn't linger in pride or unrepentance when he was confronted with his sin. He immediately realized he had done wrong. He went to God and repented because he desired God. Yeah. He loved God so much that he realized what he'd done is not honoring God. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that kind of comes down to the idea, you know, David has this cycle in his life where he sins, he's confronted, but as soon as he's confronted, he confesses, he repents, and then he submits back to God. Yeah. And I think that at its heart, uh, a heart after God's own heart is a heart that loves God so much that even though it's not free from sin, it is quick to repent and realign with God. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we have to do it exactly like David, uh, but we need to repent in this the same way. Mm-hmm. But like, like David, we don't have to lay face down on the grounds, weeping for hours, uh, crying out t- to God. But we need to do something similar. We need to cry out in a way 
that we actually recognize we are wrong, our sin is bad, and we need to go back into communion with God. We need to realize that we fell short of the path again and go back to him, pretty much. Yeah. And I think God helps. I think and you talked about it in the meditation, but God helps us. Holy Spirit helps us, you know, with that confession and repentance and submission. Yes. And it's like multiple times, like you're saying, it's a cycle. And like it's a lifelong process of being sanctified. But mm-hmm. yeah, he helps us with that. Yeah. I think a big thing is um, so purity, um, freedom from adulteration. So um, many times in life every day. Um, we put so many things above God. Um, for example, ourselves and football or music or a Netflix show. Anything that distracts us at all. Yeah. Um, and I think really desiring to desire God above those things and asking God um, I don't know I forgot what I was saying okay keep keep in your head and you'll uh, come back to you um, yeah yeah <laughs> you you had me on such a train of thought here. I was trying to follow you. Now I'm I'm like, okay, well, where do we go from here? Um, just wait for the spirit. Just wait for the spirit. Um, oh, um, what's the question again? Well, the question was, what does it mean to have a heart like or after God's own heart? Well, I think it takes an encounter with God. I think that um, we can't desire something that we've never seen. And I think it takes, it takes a radical move of God and all we can do is ask for it. Yeah. Now it's, it's happened. It's happened to me um, and everyone in this room. And if that hasn't happened to you, then how can you desire God if he hasn't opened your eyes to see him? Yeah, yeah I think um, I like what he's going with that. Like the, it yeah. takes a act of God. It takes us actually seeing it. Because mm-hmm. if you read through uh, Samuel and parts of Kings where David actually, uh, Samuel, whenever he uh, slain Goliath and asked God, uh, I pray that you give me this victory over this uncircumcised uh, Philistine, Philistine yeah. but and then again, whenever uh, he asked God, please bring the uh, ark and the tabernacle back into your uh, holy city. Mm-hmm. Like David all, had all of these victories, he was able to see God's glory, he was able to praise Him, mm-hmm. and then whenever he uh, fell, he was able to quickly repent back to that because he knew what that feeling was, and, and he right. knew that he lost that. And for me, a quick minor testimony is that. I know God's goodness and his grace because I shouldn't be here. Like it, everyone kind of says like, I should, I should have died. How they have that, that type of story. But mm-hmm. uh, part of my testimony is I literally should have died. 
being uh, running away from my family and hopes to pursue my girlfriend at the time in a very toxic relationship. And I had a fever and it was uh, February and it was about 31 degrees outside and it was raining. And I decided to go to her and she lived about 10 miles away on my bike. I only made it about a mile before I started throwing up and I fell off my bike off on the side of the road. That was in a pool of my own vomit and throw up, shivering and freezing because all I had on was shorts and a hoodie. Super smart. I was a super smart eighth grader. I was the smartest one ever. But <laughs> in that moment, I should have died because of everything going around. Because of my fever, because how cold it was, because of what I wore, because I had no fluids in my body because I kept, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, God was able to save me and uh, deliver me from that situation yeah. by sending my dad there just in time. Now, granted, he did make me ride my bike all the way back to the house, but, mm. and that is where I think tough love comes in. Yeah. Uh, by, uh, by God allowing my dad to make me get back up, even though I looked like crap, I smelled like crap, and I probably shouldn't have been there, he made me go back on my bike and go back home. Mm. And he followed me the entire way back, but in that humbling circumstance I finally found I understood God's love that he will still take us out of situations he will still hold us by the hand but it takes us acknowledging him in order to do that it takes us letting go in order for uh, purity forgiveness and repentance to happen yeah for me in seventh grade um I was struggling with extreme guilt and shame. Um, I grew up in the church. I knew a lot of the Bible. I was going to Christian school. Um, But I'd never um, encountered God until I went to this church thing. I hated going to church, and I don't know how I ended up there, but there was a prophet, and he said some stuff, and... And I don't know what happened, but I do know that that was the first moment I encountered the the Lord who created the universe. And um, many times after that, I fell and turned away. But every single time I I realized I was laying in a pit of vomit, I was like, no, I want, I want the Lord. I want, he showed me, he opened my eyes to his love for me and, and to his grace for me grace that I could not understand that I didn't believe in because it wasn't real to me until I heard his voice say, I love you. And I've had many encounters ever since then, but it started with, with nothing in my control. It was just the Lord shattering the strongholds of the enemy around me. And, and I'm sure there were people praying for me. And I know Jesus was praying for me. I was a believer. I know that God was after me. And it's nothing. We cannot be pure without the Holy Spirit. Spirit and truth. All of what we're saying, all of the, the meditation, truth, right? But without an encounter with the Holy Spirit, 
none of this makes any sense. Right. I think, uh, right. I th- yeah, and I love the idea of encountering because, you know, you even look at the, the life of King David, how many times he encountered God before he even faced Goliath. Yeah. Um, he gives testimony of like, he was with me when I fought the bear and the lion mm-hmm. and this and that. And then so that when he got to Goliath, this huge challenge in his life, this giant. And a lot of times you can relate the story of Goliath and Goliath actually had, I think, six brothers that David fought later in his life who were also giants. Um, these kind of represent, they can represent bondages that we have in our life. Their bondages are things that are giant, bigger than we can face by ourselves. Um, When David faced Goliath, he came, he didn't come to Goliath with this cocky attitude. He came to Goliath with a confidence Mm -hmm. that God is bigger than Goliath. Yeah, Yeah. a confidence that happened back to my earlier points because he was familiar with that battle. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that he couldn't handle because right. he knew what was going to happen because he had a victory over it before yeah with the lion the, the bear and everything else so yeah yeah he knew god was going to deliver him from that before the battle even happened yeah yeah i think that's kind of what like i mean there's different parts of my testimony but one part is just like with like mental health and depression like i've struggled with that since i was in seventh grade and I think every single time, there's been like four or five times, different periods of my life. And like last year, for example, when I first moved to North Carolina, um, I was depressed and I was just, I don't want to be here. I, just, I don't know anyone. There's so much change going on. But I was like, looking back to when I was in college, looking back to when I was in high school, I'm like, God brought me out of those times. God delivered me. So I know that he will do it again and just rest yeah. in his faithfulness and knowing that he's good and he has good plans, even though like right now at this moment, it's just, if I feel awful, you know, but mm-hmm. God is so much better and God has yeah. a plan. Um, and literally just last night, I, um, I don't know if Matthew told you, but I had like a huge breakthrough because one part of my testimony is um, when I was 12, my older sister died of cancer when she was 16. So I was 12, she was 16. And I think, Part of that just really made me suppress everything. It just made me like, I'm fine. I'm strong. Being vulnerable is weak. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to show any whatever. And so I just stuffed that down. I kept st- like stuffing everything down and building up this fortress kind of of myself and protecting myself. And then last night, God told me, that's enough. You do not need to, you're not meant to carry this pain. You're not meant to carry these burdens. I will take them for you. I will carry them for you. And God is our refuge. God is our fortress. And we don't have to build that for ourselves. We don't have to look for that in other things because that's, that's who he is. In our weakness Mm -hmm. is when, when we are strong, we're saying, God, I don't want your strength. I want mine. But when he's just like, that's enough. Like, I hate to see you failing i hate to see you just in pain he's like that's enough i'm going to clothe you with my strength and he just it's like it's when i just like have a vision i have a picture of 
like a castle with a strong castle with like just hallways and impenetrable mm-hmm. and as as fleshly humans we are born into this 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 just fortress and and the only thing the fortress is keeping us from is God. It's letting all sort of evil in and trapping it with us in the fortress. And in reality, like, it's just, it's not true strength. It's nothing. And when we just become nothing, when we just, the God, it's not us. We just say, God, help me. And whenever he does it, he just shatters the fortress mm-hmm. with missiles. And then he just grabs you and he just takes you into a real fortress. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was a youth minister, uh, one of the ways that I taught um, a series on um, spiritual warfare mm-hmm. was I used, um, I, I, I built this grid battleground. Um, and I said, this this grid right here, this this ground is your heart right and satan's gonna come in he's gonna try and occupy every grid on this heart by building his castles Mm -hmm. on this heart and um so every lie you believe is another castle that goes up or you know we could we could use the the analogy of building the walls in our heart you know um but what God wants to do, and so you're essentially by sinning and by listening to those lies, and by participating with the acts of the devil, you're actually giving the devil this ground. You know, he's coming in to still kill and destroy, but he doesn't have to because you just give it to him. And what God wants to do is take that back. And of course, God's the master of taking things back, but we also have to let God take it back Mm -hmm. by saying, I surrender. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. And that's what you were saying. You know, God finally broke through to you and said, you're not meant to to carry this anymore. Let me have this back. Mm -hmm. And he rushed in there and took that grid back in your heart. You know, it's like, it's Mm -hmm. really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. And, um, and in some cases we can't let go. We can't surrender. And the God is God is so good that he just he doesn't even care if you won't let it go. He'll just rip it out of you anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how good God that's, is. Like, that's how powerless and weak we are. We can't even let go. And God so is like, that's tough love. Right? <laughs> yeah. So um, tough love. Uh, I make a statement in this uh, meditation. And I think this will move us on nicely. Um, everything God has in mind for you um, or everything God has in mind for you starts from a place of love. This even means everything God allows to happen to you also comes from a place of love. Even though it can be excru- excruciatingly tough love at times. Uh, do you accept God's love? So the idea or the question, I guess, could, can kind of mold into is, you know, are we letting God's tough love shape our hearts or um, are we allowing that love to? Um, are we allowing that to enable us to love more, love God more? 
Um, and I mean, so those were the questions that kind of popped in my head when I was thinking about tough love. And we've kind of talked a little bit about this already, but um, you guys have any further thoughts on that? The tough love idea? Uh, God loves us so much, not leave us in some uh, situations that we are in. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to be forced to leave that place. Like, um, let's... I was trying to think of uh, if there is a stronghold that we keep going to, uh, sometimes God will completely destroy that place. He says, this is not anywhere you can go back to, mm -hmm. whether it be a relationship or a person that just gets destroyed, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be for um, our benefit at the time or not, whether we see it as our benefit or not, God will sometimes do that. Mm -hmm. And as angry as what that makes us, it lets us understand God's desire to be with us even more. Right. There are some walls that we put up that we don't want to be broken, mm -hmm. but God will break them anyway in order to get his bride. Because since we are the church, we are the church. The church is his bride. God wants intimacy with his bride. So he will do anything. He will stop that nothing to get us to that point. Mm -hmm. Now there are times that he will allow us to be stuck in our stupidity and our selfishness there are a bunch of times uh, like that yeah that there with this tough love he'll sometimes stick things out or he will withhold blessings from right. us that we are meant to have yeah sometimes we are not deserving or in the right mindset or worthy to be given great gifts from him because mm -hmm. we rather have the world because yeah. we think that the world is super tangible, like the, the world is tangible for us to grab. So we see feelings like that, whatever they mean nothing. And God's gifts are so much greater. The Holy Spirit has so many greater gifts to offer with uh, with us to use for our spiritual walk, spiritual warfare, and everything else. But we rather have the gifts of this world for comfort instead of allowing God to give the to give us gifts from heaven. Mm -hmm. Which is what impurity starts with comfort, but results with emptiness. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think we like, I think you said this earlier, but God cares more about our holiness than our happiness. Like we're just, yeah. I think it's a misconception that like we're here on this earth just to be happy and do whatever you want. Like God cares about <laughs> us being holy. We're not in you know? the garden anymore. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Yes. And he gives us new eyes to see, to look back and be like, you know, in that time, I was very miserable, but I can see how he used that time for good and used that to teach me things about him, about his love. And then, you know, eventually we can get to the point where we are in the midst of the storm, like in the middle of it, it's not even past. And we can still be like, I don't understand what's going on, but I will trust God. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Purity is freely choosing love. Mm -hmm. We are covered by the blood. The blood is sufficient for us. By obeying God, we learn to trust him more. By his love, we're able to surrender to him more. By worshiping him, we can hear him more. Love is the key to purity. And how do we understand God's love? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You have been waiting this whole time to <laughs> ask that question. This whole entire time. He's like, we're finally here. And we're ending the... No, just <laughs> So that's a great question, yeah. actually, um, Matt. And I, I applaud at you for this question when you when you asked it, you know, beforehand, when we were, when we were just going over each other's notes, um, how do we understand God's love? So 
take it away. Okay. Um. This whole discussion, it all comes down to God's love. The whole Bible, the whole world, everything. And because of what Adam did, because of how we are, we are incapable. We are incapable. Our flesh minds, our bodies are fallen and incapable of understanding God's love. And um, it's impossible. It is impossible for these bodies, for our minds, for our eyes to see God's love. It is impossible for our feelings to feel God's love. Feel, feel God's love. It's impossible. But God is a God of impossibilities. And because of Jesus, because of his blood, when, when we encounter God and when his blood pours out over us and we have a new lens, we can understand something that we should not be able to understand. And we can see something that we should not be able to see in this body, on this earth. P, uh, David says at the end of 27, chapter Psalm 27, I remain confident of in this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. On this earth, we can see the goodness of God. And um, like last night, last night, I was with Anna when this breakthrough happened. And when I was going home, my mind was just, amazed because I saw more of God's love than I've ever seen from me. And I was just like, he loves me that much. How? Like, why? Why does he love me? Why does he love us so much? And he loves us. And I'm just like, why? But he showed me like that each one of us, like me, I'm special. That Anna is special, that Cole is special, that David is special, that you are special. And the only way I could see that is it's because of God's Holy Spirit, because of his power, because of him saying, hey, I'm going to show you something because I love you. And that's how we understand God's love. Yeah. It has um, the Holy Spirit. And the statement you made, Anna, uh, and I can't remember if it was during the podcast or before when we were taking notes, is mm-hmm. we have limited vision. You, you said those exact words, and that I wrote it down because I'm like, mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to, you know, kind of the idea of encountering God and then the Holy Spirit shows us mm-hmm. how much God loves us. Um, the Holy Spirit is how we understand God's love. That limited vision we had before, that tunnel vision, um, when we were in our bondage or in um, a place where we were we were 
really thinking of ourselves and loving ourselves more than God, the Holy Spirit comes in and he widens that vision. Like as a photographer, you know, I have different lenses. I have your your zoom lens that you get really close and then you I take it off and I put on the wide angle that gives like a whole perspective of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you just see more and more clearly. Um, and so I love, you know, Matt, what you were saying, just the Holy Spirit through the encounter of God's love, he, he puts on a new lens, the yeah. wide angle lens. And he's like, so much more I want to show you. And the thing is, like, we get to a certain point where, like, in photography, we get to a certain point where, okay, this is too wide because now it's becoming bowed and fish-eyed. Um, but God's love never gives us a fish-eyed, distorted view of who he is. And what's crazy is that, like, what and what I'm praying, and, like, just answer prayer, God, help me understand your love. Help, like, just ask the only way you can understand God is to ask to understand and realize that you don't and that you can't. And what's amazing is that every single time God shows me more of his love. Like last night, I was just like, wow, this is more of God's love than I've ever comprehended. Even that is just a tiny glimpse of the greatness of his love. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wow, that's cool. So the last kind of thought process that I think we can cover in this meditation is the idea that um, our purity doesn't come from us. It comes from Christ. And I think we can tie that in with the question of um, if, if it's really Christ's purity that makes us pure at heart, um, can we actually love without God's love. Is it possible for us to even love without God's love? We'll tackle that first and dive a little bit into the purity to kind of follow through with that. Yeah. Well, short answer is no, but the long answer. Actually, it is. Yes. Really? Really? Please explain. This is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, is it? (laughs) We can love. We talked about this before. We can love, (laughs) but we can only love sin and ourselves, selfish love, which I guess isn't love, so no, we can't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, if you love other people without God, it's not, you're, I feel like yeah. it's just. Okay, it's so what about, love. what about the verse that says, even the pagans know how to love their children and give good gifts to them? Mm-hmm. So these yeah. pagans that Jesus is talking about are not believers. In well, if you're allowed to talk, <laughs> I think it's conditional love. Yeah. I think that. Real love from God is unconditional. And, you know, the condition that they are my kids, okay, I'll love them. If they're someone else's kids, no. Because we are created and born from God, we still have parts of the desires of him. Love is a desire of God. So that's why we are born with this idea of loving our own children. Now, granted, this love without God will eventually fade away because Mm -hmm. then we start to understand how corrupted people are and we get pushy. We don't want that. Right. But at first we all have the desire for love and the desire to love. Mm-hmm. It's not the full thing though. It's kind of like 
it's like light coffee. Like people drink it. Um, it's not very good, but no, I have like a light brew coffee. A light brew coffee. It's weak. It's mostly water. Yeah, it doesn't give you the full flavor of it. Yeah, it's so disgusting. I I think, um, also, dang it, I had something so. Oh yeah, with Jesus, we know why we we know why we love. We love because God loves us, and that's why we love. Yeah, as humans after the fall. We still have like why are atheists why do atheists have morality? They they love, they want the good, they want good for people. They genuinely do. But why? There's no reason. Yeah. Especially according to their beliefs. God gives us a reason to love. Right. And I think that's the answer to the question. Yeah. Yes, we can love. Um well. We can love without being a Christian, but we cannot love without God yeah. because God loved us first. That enables everyone to yeah. love because God loves everyone. Yeah. We can have a very superficial definition of love, yeah. the most basic concept. Yeah, like yeah. there's so many different definitions. It's like, what what love are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. just love in general, yeah. like general care for someone else. We'll just keep it right there. Um so, yeah, I think that because God loves everyone and God has created everyone in his image, we have, even though it's been majorly distorted by sin, we have the ability to love others uh, at the basic, basic level of, of care. You know, um, you know, um, I think, but that love gets distorted really easily. It becomes like all about uh, sexualized love sometimes or all about selfish love. Like what can this person do to me if I'm yeah. nice to them? Self-love. Yeah. That's like the... Or self-love. Yeah. yeah. What do I need to do to just take care of myself? Right. Yeah. Um, whereas oftentimes God says selfless love, mm-hmm. you know, put others ahead of yourself at all times. Um, right. Love without God is purposeless and meaningless and results in emptiness. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. We don't need to say anything else about that. <laughs> Boom. Well, thank um, you for joining us. <laughs> yes. you know, God's God's love keeps no record of wrongs, which, you know, we read in, uh, is it 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter? Yeah. You know, there's a list of what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Um, uh, some other stuff. And then it <laughs> ends at <actually. laughs> uh, love keeps no record of wrongs. And yeah. then it says love never fails. You know, I love how this meditation has just drifted from purity just to love. Well, purity Purity is is love. Purity is love. And that is cool. It's the freedom to love. Yeah. I'm I'm saying I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah. The more you're on here, the more you realize everything is connected. Yeah. It's the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Everything. Everything is is connected in some way. Yeah. It's like the way God's brain works is so magnificent that we will never comprehend, but we can see it moving in action. Yeah. Each page of the bible it's really cool um so to have a love that keeps no record of wrongs is ultimately the kind of love that we can only have when we are living a surrendered life to christ and have that genuine freedom to be able to say i love you more than this so i'm going to be obedient and be surrendered to you 
which at can, that point. Which can only come after an encounter with God. Which can only come yeah. after. Yeah. So if you yeah. have not encountered God, um, encountered the creator of the living universe, and you, you cannot have any of what we're talking about. You cannot genuinely love someone else above yourself. So the first step, like all this is great stuff, but the first step is just say, God, I, I want an encounter with you. I want to see you. I want to see you, even though it should be impossible, but because of your love and your the blood, I, I need to see you. If you just ask that, your life will change. Yeah. Or for some people, it could be that they're not recognizing the encounters that they've had. Like it's, they are so distorted and so mentally blocked of the Holy Spirit that they're not able to see God, what he's done in their lives, the encounters that he's already allowed for them to happen. So sometimes you just need to repent and see God clean me out. Let me be able to see your Holy Spirit working. Help Let me, me be able to remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Help me to remember the goodness that you've already happened, the goodness you've already allowed. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes I have doubts and I'm like, okay, how, how is God talking to someone in China right now and like a million billion different other people, right. but also me, like that doesn't make any sense. And then I'm like, wait, like, he's God. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I just remember, I'm like, wait, let me remember all the things he's done for me and what, what he's shown me. The fact that I've seen him, it's like, you know, I can't have doubts when I remember. Yeah. The fact that God takes time, like putting it in human terms, God takes time out of his day to just hang out with you and talk with you. To be so personal, to yeah. want to desire that, to yeah. strip you out. To... And then you think about the world population. He does that for everyone. How? Well, he's not human Wait, at all. <laughs> he's not of time. He's, he's not, not in time. time. Exactly. Wait, go, so... go back to like what you were saying in the beginning before. Like, just restart your sentence. I don't remember how I started it. <laughs> I was talking about oh, yeah. how God wants to take time with you. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's amazing because that's why God made Adam is to walk in the garden and just spend time. That's mm-hmm. all he wants from us. Mm-hmm. All he wants is just to... A relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Is just yeah. to yeah. walk and talk with you as we are walking and talking with the other. That, that's what all he wants. Impurity is just wanting that with him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's a little off topic, not really. How selfish are we not to take time out of our day to have communion with our Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. Now, I am talking not out of a place of righteousness, but out of a place of disobedience. This is going directly to myself. That we need to take time to worship God, to read, not, not just read his word, but actually worship him. Yeah. Not with worship music, but in communion with him. I learned this from Matthew, so I'll kind of let him to take over as a, a, in a bit. But in a bit, I was not ready. <laughs> but just to have that time of fellowship with our King, and how selfish can we be to say I don't have time or my schedule's too busy? Whenever we keep doing these meaningless things, mm-hmm. but don't have time to do the most important yeah. thing. God allows us the free will, and he allows us the uh, time and the talents to have fun and to have a fellowship with other people and be able to do these meaningless things like our meaningless job that doesn't mean much in heaven, but allows us to be a witness to other people around us and to know God's goodness and his glory. And for us just to say that 
I'm too busy or that family always comes first and like nothing should come before your king. Yeah. And again, I'm preaching right to myself. Yeah, I can tell you, right, if, you have, soul. <laughs> if you have time to scroll through your Insta feed or your TikTok or whatever your poison choice is, yeah. mm-hmm. right? You have time for God because right. you just made, you probably just wasted 20 minutes uh, three scrolling hours. or three hours without even realizing scrolling through mm-hmm. dumb 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 stuff that has no meaning whatsoever and yeah. satan can slip in like pornography in your tiktok instagram feed so easily you know, right. just like you're just like let me just let me just let me just like basically like see what satan is, is satan feed today like, yeah. let's see right. what i want to hear from yeah. satan today but yeah like, you opening have, yourself up to lies you don't yeah. have 20 minutes to sit and talk yeah. to god and, and for the excuse that well it's too hard to understand that's not your job. You don't have to understand it. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit will help explain it to you. All you have to do is ask, meditate, and you will receive it. Right. It may not be exact at that time whenever you're asking, but he will show you. All we have to do is just be in communion with him, and the rest will happen. We don't have to understand every little detail of how the tabernacle relates to heaven, how everything points to Jesus, how everything in the uh New Testament points back to Jesus and then to his new coming yeah. and everything else. We don't have to know all that at this moment. And we don't have to have all this head knowledge for us to have the spiritual knowledge that God wants for us. That for us to be able to be in his presence, to soak up his goodness, to worship him daily. We don't have to have all this head knowledge and all this theology in order to know that our God in heaven loves us. He created us and he designed us to worship him. And he wants us to be in heaven with him to worship him forevermore. Yeah, I don't think I need to say anything. Bombshell. Bomb the end. Boom. Um, so, guys, uh, I think that's that's really good. Um, I think let's go to closing thoughts. Um, oh, I have one. And then, okay. You have a closing thought or a I free a, thought? No, a closing, a closing thought. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> closing thought. It was like running through my head. Okay, come back to me. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> my closing thought is just kind of what led us to this topic Christ is purity our purity is found in Christ mm-hmm. yeah if you want <sighs> <It's> just... <laughs> okay if you want to be pure or purity is just desiring God above everything just desiring him with your whole inmost being and if you don't, if you do not desire God with your whole inmost being, you can't just make a choice. But all you have to do is say, God, I I want my desires to be chained, changed. I'm stuttering right now. It's crazy. We we switch places. We're just so really. excited. <laughs> it's okay. When when you just say, God, I want to desire you above everything, and then your life will change, and that's it. Boom, bang. Boom, bang. Um, I think. Closing thoughts, purity, like you said, um, being able to freely choose who and what you love, and God is, like, the best choice. Yeah. Well said. The best choice. Impurity, emptiness, purity. Everything else is... Poop. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. It it don't matter. Yeah. Focus on what matters. Focus on... So, guys, when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, He comes into our hearts, and he, He... we were dead in our transgressions. Our old man is now dead. It's gone. It has been completely replaced with Christ. Old woman in your case. 
Our, our old you. person. Okay. Pronouns. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we are dead and we have been resurrected with Christ. We now have the spirit of God living in us. He is our life. And it is because he is our life that he is actually the purity of our heart. Yeah. Yep. Um, he is constantly with us. He is constantly pursuing a relationship with us. Yeah. And the more time that we um, we choose to be with him because, you know, he opened up that cage, we are free to um, make the decision to spend time with him or do something else. Yeah. Um, and if you do something else, it's empty. Yeah. It's completely empty. So, you know, the more time we spend with him, the more we're allowing the purity of his heart to transform our hearts. It is his purity that is our purity. Uh, There's nothing that we can do uh, that makes us pure. Uh, There is no, you know, it's not how many times we sin that makes us, um, or, you know, the striving for the sinlessness that makes us pure. It is simply by saying, God, I love you. I want to honor you. And I want to spend time with you. Help me do that. Help me do that. Mm -hmm. So freedom, closing thought, freedom from adulteration and contamination, freedom to love God and be in relationship, hang out with Jesus. Freedom to not be under the curse anymore. Freedom to be not fallen, freedom to be alive and yeah. not dead no more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the love, the absolute love that makes me wake up in the morning and say, God, I love you. I want to get out of this bed and open up my Bible and spend time. The freedom yeah. to encounter God. Yeah. And that is the most fulfilling, the opposite of emptiness. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Good. Thank you for joining us on this podcast, episode 10. (laughs) (laughs) This meditation was, what is purity of the heart? Meditation on Matthew 5, 5, verse 8. Uh, You can find this on Other Side of Grace podcasts. You can find all the other meditations and podcasts there. Or you can listen to it on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Yep. So. And don't forget to go over to othersideofgrace.com and check out the meditation for yourself. Also, Peace. look up Freedom Fallon on Spotify. Shameless. Sh- shameless. Sh- shameless plug. Plug. <laughs> you want to share what Freedom Found is real quick? You can. Freedom Found worship um, is where we turn all of these thoughts, all of this, this deep encounter with God um, into into genuine worship music and music is just it's where it's not focused on the music we only have one song out right now but right now but there's multiple songs in the works an album coming. there's a whole album in the works yeah called holy mm-hmm. h-o-l-e wait <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> The album is now called Hole. Hole. And on that note, we're going to recoup. Thank you for joining us. Yes. See you later. Bye. I love you. Bye.